Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 527 of So You Want to Be a Writer, the podcast that's all about writing and publishing. My name's Valerie Koo. I'm CEO of the Australian Writer Centre, the world's leading centre for writing courses, and I'm your host. And I have missed you. Yes, indeed, we had to have a week off last week from releasing our usual episode because of a whole range of technological and life challenges that made it impossible for us to release it. As I mentioned in the podcast listener community on Facebook, and if you're not a member, make sure you join. Just search for So You Want to Be a Writer podcast community and request to join. Love to have you in there. It's free to join and um, some great conversations happening in there. But as I mentioned there, my gorgeous baby cat Rocky had to be rushed to Animal Hospital. And to cut a very long story short, and many days being very stressed about his health, he's great now. On the mend, all is good. But that was combined with technology just not working. You know, sometimes that just happens. I don't know, the full moon or something, I don't know. Specifically, the technology needed to create this podcast. So rather than fight it, I figured that the universe was trying to tell me something and I figured I'd skip a week. But I'm so glad to be hanging out with you again. I've had a really busy week. What have you been doing? Um, I went to a fabulous event in Sydney called Stories That Stir. It's held every month currently in Sydney, but I can see this movement go global and this happening in cities and towns all over Australia and maybe even the world. So what happens or what happened at the event that I went to was six speakers talk for 10 minutes each on their personal story based on a different theme each month. The theme that just occurred was called truth. And it was actually a a, a wonderful side um, benefit or or a little surprise for me was it was so great to see so many of my former students there. So lots of um, people in the AWC community already going to it. I also went to an art exhibition in the last week. I'm getting out a bit. I'm usually quite a hermit. So uh, this is one of the things that I want to do more of this year, stop being such a hermit. But anyway, I went to an art exhibition that was part of World Pride and, and that was awesome. And then I capped off the week going to my grandmother's 98th birthday. Whew, okay, so busy week. Exhausting. Probably not as exhausted as my grandmother, though. I mean, she's amazing. She's just, yeah, fantastic. 98, hey? Now, let's move on to this week's episode. This is a fun exercise to try, I reckon. Now, I saw this posted by an American cartoonist named Linda Barry. Now, Linda's whole approach to art is really interesting. She's less focused on technique, although she is a very talented artist, and more focused on generating ideas and tapping into your imagination, which is something I've been thinking a lot about lately, about the whole ideation process, right? And tapping into that creative well and imagination that's within you. But anyway, one week a year, Linda calls it uh, Batman week. So one week a year is Batman week. Yes, as in Batman, the cartoon character. And what she does is she asks her followers to draw four scenes from their actual day as though Batman were doing it. So Batman drives the kids to school or Batman filling out his quarterly baths or Batman falling asleep on the train home or whatever else you did that day. 
I thought this could be a fun exercise to try for writing as well. And if you're into writing exercises and writing prompts, this try this out. I mean, of course, if you want to draw it, go nuts, of course. Um, but pick a perfectly ordinary scene from your day, right? Like hanging out the laundry, cleaning out the kitty litter, whatever. Now, imagine that scene exactly as it happened, but put Batman in there instead of you. So there's Batman standing at the rotary line, hanging out the towels. How does he handle the pigs? What's his technique? What's he thinking about? What were you thinking about? Maybe he wouldn't have the same thoughts that you had, but what if he did? Hmm, are you Batman? Anyway, have fun with it. And if you want to share your creations, hey, feel free to pop them in the Facebook group. I'll also put the link to Linda Barry's Instagram in uh, the show notes, which of course you can find at soyouwanttobeawriter.com.au. Now let's move on to our competition this week. I know this is going to be a very popular one. I have three copies of Old Babes in the Wood by Margaret Atwood to give away. Yes. Okay. I mean, the author of this week's giveaway needs no introduction. It's Margaret Atwood. Okay, here's the blurb. A dazzling collection of 15 stories from Margaret Atwood, the internationally acclaimed award-winning author of The Handmaid's Tale and The Testaments. These stories explore the full warp and weft of experience from two best friends disagreeing about their shared past to the right way to stop someone from choking, from a daughter determining if her mother really is a witch to what to do with inherited relics such as World War II parade swords. They feature beloved cats, a confused snail, Martha Gellhorn, George Orwell, philosopher, astronomer, mathematician, Hypatia of Alexandria, a cabal of elderly female academics, and an alien tasked with retelling human fairy tales. At the heart of the collection is a stunning sequence that follows a married couple as they travel the road together, the moments big and small that make up a long life of love and what comes after. All right, so I have three copies to give away. Just go to writercenter.com.au slash win and follow the instructions. Entries close on the 6th of March. But don't worry, if you're at that URL in the future, there'll be some other fantastic competition for you to enter. That's writercenter.com.au slash win. And now... Are you ready for the word of the week? I hope you are. I really missed sharing the word of the week with you last week. And I had one that that's that was scheduled for that week too. But this is this week's word of the week, which is broom. No, not broom, the thing you sweep with broom, B-R-U-M-E, right? Now, what is broom? It's not the thing you sweep your floor with. As I said, B-R-U-M-E is another word for mist or fog, So you could say, the sunrise was obscured by a deep broom which lay upon the land. Although that is quite confusing when you say it out loud. (laughs) Perhaps the adjective is better. The morning was cold and brumous. Yes, brumous. And that was the word of the week. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. Our popular course, Creative Writing Stage 1, is the perfect way to unlock your creativity and explore the world of writing. You only need a couple of hours a week and you'll learn how to create memorable characters, believable dialogue and captivating plots, all in a supportive environment in this five-week online course. 
Whether your goal is to write a bestseller or simply tell better stories, learn at home with your very own tutor giving you personal feedback each week. Find out more at writerscentercomau slash creative writing. And now let's move on to our writer in residence this week. Karen Main is an author and her novel is Lenny Marks Gets Away with Murder. She's a former photographer and a current police officer. When not at work attempting to solve crime, she's writing about it. And she's also a graduate of the Australian Writers' Centre. Thank you so much for joining us today, Karen. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on your novel, Lenny Marks Gets Away with Murder. It's so well written. It's so quirky. It's so compelling. For people who haven't grabbed a copy yet, and they absolutely should because this is going to be huge, tell us what it's about. Well, thank you. That's a very nice sum up of it. And I'm so glad you said it was quirky because I did really want that quirkiness to come across. So Lenny Marks Gets Away with Murder is a book about an almost 40-year-old school teacher set in the Dandenongs in Victoria, if anybody knows of that area. Uh, she has been living a very ordered, um, structured life and quite happy with the way things are going um, until she receives a letter from the parole board letting her know her stepfather's being released on parole. Um, and that sets off a series of um, memories and sort of triggering events for her where she starts to remember what actually happened back when she was younger um, as opposed to what she thinks has been happening all these years. So I won't give too much away. <laughs> How did this idea come to you? Oh, it seems so long ago now that this idea popped up, but Lenny Marks came to me as a character, first of all, um, and I adore her. I speak about her like she's part of my family and I'm pretty sure my kids think Lenny Marks is somebody I actually know. Um, but she came to me as a character and I was really interested in the not the offence so much that all the crime that's happened to her um, as opposed to how people that have really significant um, quite horrific events happen to them in their life, how they get on with it, like what what they're like in the future. Um, so obviously things aren't all like sunshine for Lenny, um, but she has certainly moved forward. She's gotten on with life um, and and sort of just getting, getting on with it. But Lenny, as you say, Lenny is such an um, interesting character and unique and yet so compelling you just want to, you want to keep reading what uh, wh how and why did this character come to you I don't really understand how such a character would form in your head Where, it must have been a seed of the idea yeah um I think also um so I so Lady Marks is my second book I've written but the first book to be published so as is the way with a lot of people that have been writing you kind of get your get you know cut your teeth on something and then you put it to the side because it sort of hasn't gone anywhere so the first book I wrote was really quite serious it was a police procedural um it didn't have any sort of like the quirkiness and, and a sort of more escapism I guess about it it was very much like this is the way it would happen um and given my background as a police officer I knew how it happened and I wanted to almost you know take the sensationalism out of it 
that all the, you know, some of the crime writers do. And what, what ends up happening, that, happening then is you've got a book that's really quite boring um, and got a lot of paperwork um, and meetings in it So um, and a bit slow. So that was great because I was able to do that, work out I could write a book and finish a book, um, learn about, you know, saggy middles and, um, you know, character arcs and all that sort of stuff. And then I put that aside and I went, oh, actually, that's not the character I sort of like to read about. Who do I like? to read about and I workshopped it a bit and I loved, you know, um, you know, Don in the Rosie Project. I love Eleanor Oliphant. I love your characters that have um, like sometimes you want to shake them but you actually just want to hug them even though Lenny Marks wouldn't let you hug her. She would absolutely be opposed to that. Um, so I think it just was more who do I want to read about um, and push aside the work stuff and the, the knowledge that I have and just use it in another way so um, make it less about um, reality, I guess. Um, and then some of the little bits of um, Lenny Marks along the way, which I don't know which bits to say without spoiling, but some no, of no spoilers, we don't do spoilers. No, some of it, some of the little seeds of it came as I went. So it didn't start with all her quirks. And then as I went along, they got picked up along the way by, by different um, things or things my kids did or something I might have seen, you know, in passing or another person. So you mentioned that you work in the police. So you're a detective, yeah. I understand. Why did you choose that career path all those years ago? That is an excellent question. Um, so I was working as a photographer and doing children's photography. I know. I picked careers starting with P. So photography, police, published author, like I'm only going with P's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, I was sick of working for myself. I didn't really have it in me to go back and study. This sounds like terrible reasons to join the police force. And it was something that seemed a bit um, like I had a chance to, I guess, do something a bit more important than taking photos of kids in flower pots. So um, I decided to join the police force and I did. And um, I've loved it and I still love it. Um, but now after having... Uh, so I'm on maternity leave again. So I've got four kids, um, including twins. So this is my third round of maternity leave, but I, I needed an outlet. I needed a hobby. I needed something creative. And it's, I guess I've had photography. So there's something in me that likes creating things, capturing things. Um, and then I needed something that I could also do in my house. Um, and so, yeah, it sort of came full circle. And it turns out being a police officer is actually gives me a lot of inside information. I just think of it as work. I think of it as the, what I do, you know, on a daily basis. But then um, it, sort of the, the love of writing came back to me because I used to write back in high school, came back to me when um, we met Sally Hepworth, the author, through our book club, and she was so excited that there were three detectives in our book club um, and she asked us to read her unpublished book to just check that these things could have actually happened in the way that she's she said they've happened and I thought oh I didn't realize what we knew like our our insider information was actually useful um, and all of a sudden I went oh so you know for writing about crime I actually have a little bit there's there's a bit already in my brain so um, it sort of seems like a long way apart policing and writing but I, I guess it just sort of all of a sudden seemed um, like the logical hobby to pick up and here we but are. Did you like writing? Do you, you mentioned you liked writing at school. Yeah. Did you not think of taking it further after school? 
No, I never did. I, I don't know whether it was, um, you know, the particular teachers I had, um, you know, the emphasis people put on different things, but it never occurred to me that it, there was, I guess, a career in it. Um, and then and maybe just maybe I didn't have the skills at the time, so they didn't bother mentioning it to me. I, I remember quite clearly a couple of friends I think there was three of us and we'd write stories and our friends would read them. And I remember getting the the award, which was a nothing, like just them saying for the longest story. So there was like, you know, the best, the whatever. I got the longest. So perhaps me not picking it up back in high school and carrying on with it was a bit of a um, maybe I needed a little bit more uh, courses and a bit more study to actually, um, you know, take a good story and run with it. Maybe I just wasn't very good. (laughs) That I'm sure is not the case uh, based on this book. Now, you have this chance encounter with Sally Hepworth and Mm -hmm. you kind of start thinking about maybe this could be my hobby. Were you thinking of it as a hobby, just a way to pass the time or were you thinking I'm going to be a published author? Oh, I think if I'm honest, I would like would love to see my name on a book, on a spine of a book, on somebody's bookshelf and in the library. So, yeah, probably always in the back of my head I was thinking um, get this written and get it out there. But more than anything, um, I think just once I started doing it and I realised how much I loved it um, and then also that it made me... Um, not just focus on all the household tasks, which are never ending, Um, whether you've got kids or not, the house always wins. I like to say it's like a casino. The house always wins. There's always something else to do. So I wanted something for me, but I didn't have, I didn't really have hobbies. Like I worked um, a lot. And so I didn't, I didn't really have a lot because shift working isn't always really conducive to hobbies either. Um, So then when I had my daughter um, and I was home a lot, uh, and by myself, I, yeah, sort of got back into it um, and after meeting Sally and she she was quite encouraging, although I don't think she knew she was because I did the thing that I think authors hate where I went, oh, I would have loved to write a book, you know, and apparently that's the thing that people get told all the time. And she said to me, well, well, you should. Why, why don't you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I actually don't know. And then it sort of just kicked off from there. And because I'm quite competitive, with myself, once I've started, I refuse to concede. So, um, yeah, off I went, wrote the first one, sent it out on submissions, um, did a fair bit, did a, a lot of submissions actually. I probably sent it out, that was to agents, probably sent it out to 60 different agents. Um, yeah, so gave it a good gave it a good nudge, had a couple of requests for manuscripts, nobody um, picked it up, obviously. So I went, that's okay because I've already got my next book in the works. I was, I was still writing, still studying stuff, still, you know, doing courses or um, like podcasts, devour my podcasts on my walks around the block with the kids. Um, and so, yeah, just k- kicked on from there. So at some point you did courses at the Australian Writers mm-hmm. Centre. Why did you enrol with them and what did you get out of them? So I'm not sure whether before lockdowns your courses were as available online as they were after um, COVID hit, but that was certainly, um, and I'm trying to think of timelines now, I did your online course because I needed something that I didn't have to attend in person. Mm. Uh, And I loved that it was a, a, you know, a big writer's centre. So um, it it had, you know, good reputation. Um, I already listened to your podcasts. So I knew um, you knew your stuff. I loved, 
I love your words of the week or your words of the podcast <laughs> because as you can probably see in Lenny Marks, I'm a little bit of a word nerd. Oh, well. my God. Yes, I'm going to talk about that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, so there's a bit of me, um, a bit of Lenny and Marks. Lenny Marks and I have a few similarities, including a love for Scrabble and words. So um, definitely your words, um, even though they generally don't stick with me. Like I'll hear it and I'll go, oh, that is a great word. I'm going to use that and then gone from my head. So I don't know why. Um, so, yeah, that's um, Australia Writer Centre did it because I wanted also one that had um, the option to speak to the other participants. So I didn't pick one of the self-paced ones because I really wanted to um, get some feedback, give some feedback, see what people were doing um, and potentially have people ongoing to, you know, have a chat to and that sort of thing. And I got all of those things out of it. So, um, yeah, that was exactly what I needed in the online format. Mm -mm. And in terms of the technical skill, did mm. you acquire skills that you could then apply to your own writing? Yes, um, completely. And it's been a little while now, but it did help me with being a little bit more structured and also learning the rules before I broke any of the rules because I didn't know, I didn't really know any of the rules. Um, and one of the big things I took away from it was I don't, I find when I write and I'm doing it now because I'm slowly hobbling, cobbling together a, a second um, book in between um, my children's naps and that sort of thing. Um, but I didn't, I don't really inject a place. Like I just get straight to the action and the dialogue. So the, I remember quite clearly as it took a little bit for me to do um, one of the uh, ass assignments homework with um, the creative writing course was to describe somewhere and describe it really um, completely and um, go into a lot of detail and doing that really helped me because I'd write a chapter but then I'd look and I'd go oh we don't actually know where we are um, and I think that I think it comes across in Lenny Marks because I think you get a real sense of place, like the Dandenongs, it sort of becomes, and if you've ever been there, it's like the smell up there, the the um, big trees, The it's almost, um, it's a little bit like the Shire and the Hobbit with, you know, the big forest and stuff. Um, and I think you actually get a sense of that. Whereas beforehand, I just like cutting straight to action, cutting straight to dialogue and kind of skipping over, sort of grounding my readers in in where I was. So I can't actually remember whether I've been to the actual Dandenongs, but I kept thinking of Olinda and Sassafras and, you know, yeah. those sorts of towns as well. And anyway, I want to come back to um, Lenny's love of words or or maybe not love, but Lenny's, um, the, the, the fact that she just thinks of words and word combinations yeah. and all of that. Why did you, because uh, I, I immediately related to that, <laughs> why did you pick that as part of her character? Um, I wanted to, so that's not, so she will think of a word and she'll flip it around as many times. So yep. she'll, um, she'll do anagrams of it. So, um, yes, that's what I was trying yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, she'll do anagrams of words. And I am big on, I'll only buy the newspaper for the puzzle page. So I'll do the little, the little, um, nine letter box and I'll do as many words as I can. So I, I'm a bit partial to an anagram as well as, you know, the shows like letters and numbers and eight out of 10 cats. Um, does count down because I love looking at them and, and moving them. And I just thought the sort of brain that Lenny has, I can just see that she would visualise this all the time. Like yes. she would hear a word and you could, like you could almost see it like a scrabble rack 
of them just moving around. And because I'd already decided she loved Scrabble, which is actually my gran. My gran um, has lived alone for a long time and she'll sit there and play two hands of Scrabble by herself. She just moves from, I don't think she still does. She's 96, my gran. She's she's um, just had her birthday. She's amazing. But um, she used to sit there and she used to play two decks of Scrabble, like the two racks by herself. And I don't know how you do it because I'd want to cheat one hand or the other. Um, but anyway, that's what she did. So that was kind of a bit of an inspiration there. And then once that happened, I'm like, oh, that, how would she calm herself down? You know, people do breathing exercises, they count. I thought Lenny's going to do words. It just, it made it made sense. So that's, um, it was probably not as organic as some of her other traits, um, but it, it just made sense for her. Yeah, absolutely. You could see her just uh shifting the the letters around in her brain so um <laughs> tell me more you 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 started off with this idea of Lenny did you know what was going to happen yes i so i knew the really bad thing that had happened to her um but the rest of it played out very differently so when i first started writing her and i'm a big um one for just start writing and just keep writing. So um, just get the words down because otherwise if you stop and you go back and you edit, and I know everybody does things really differently. I was just listening to you interview, I think it was Penelope Janu, is that how you say her surname? Yes. She's like, her draft's really finished at the end of her first draft. I'm like, oh, that's not that's not me. And mine has so many comments on it that I throw in going, go back and, you know, um, remember that you've just made this character a different name, a different you know, job, whatever I've done, because I don't go back. I can't go back because I'll just lose the forward momentum. Um, So at the start I had her, like the opening scene was her waking up and she'd um she'd had a bit of a breakdown and she was in a mental health ward and then when I, the, the more I went through that, the more it was too focused on, um, I really wanted it to be about Lenny being, um, like quite uplifting, like her survival, her um, how she's just like, well, I was always, I always had a roof over my head and I always had something to eat. So what did it matter that um, some bad things had happened to me? You just have to keep going. Uh, and I really liked that about her. So I just sort of ch- shifted the way I wanted to start it and it shifted the way um, I thought uh, how I would want to read Lenny's character. I wanted it to be, although it's not always happy, I do think um, there is, I don't think you'd leave the book um, feeling upset for Lenny. I think you'd leave the book um, thinking, oh, she's going to be all right. She's, she's mm-hmm. okay. The other thing that's um, uh, f- comforting, I'm wondering if it's the right word, yeah. and familiar and um, makes you smile and uh, is the references to pop culture. <laughs> Was that something that you um, decided to add in later or did that happen organically as you wrote it? Definitely from the start most of it was there Um, but I also really love when I read a book and you go, oh, that's right. Um, I just finished reading The Seven Skins of Esther Wilding and I was wearing my Shearer pyjamas and there's a lot of references to the Shearer diary in there. Um, and there was some, oh, and there was, she was talking about never ending story. And I just love it because it gives you, um, especially if you're in that age group as well, I think you just go, wow, like uh, I could relate to this. Um, so I didn't want, I know some people go for sort of a more made up angle with, you know, TV shows or stuff 
and depending on what you're using from them, I get that you have to because there's, you know, a, a ton of things with copyright. Um, but I really liked that, you know, everybody knows Friends, the TV show. So I put it in there because I'm if, if people don't get a Phoebe and Monica reference, um, you know, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> But even if you haven't watched it, I think you just kind of you just kind of know you get the vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, with your um, writing of this, mm-hmm. how did you fit it in to your work as a in the police as a detective? Yeah. Uh, so I was so, and I've heard this a lot from um, especially female authors. They started their projects when they were on maternity leave. And I don't know if it's just because if you're a busy working person and suddenly you don't have that, there's this big gap, even though you've got a small person to fill it. Um, they they don't actually, they're not always mentally stimulating to you. They're busy. They're relentless in a lot of ways. Um, lovely, adorable, enjoyable, but um, they don't give you that same mental stimulation. So I actually started the first book on my first maternity leave. That was the police procedural. Um, then the Lenny Marks I started when I, after I had my son, um, which was also coincided with the start of lockdown. So as you, that helped and didn't um, because um, I had no visitors. I had no, um, you know, our our days became really scheduled because we'd go for a walk around the block, you know, come home, my son would have a sleep, my daughter would watch some TV and I'd type. That would be my time to just type as, as, many, um, as many words as I could. So and then it was um, a matter of so there's no actual... Um, like I didn't have a set time. I would love to get up early and time, but I can't get up any earlier than I already do. <laughs> like that would just be, um, uh, yeah, not yet. Maybe when my kids are older, I'll do that early writing session, but not when I'm still feeding babies overnight. It seems very counterproductive. Um, but there's no, yeah, there's no set time. I don't even have a um, a word limit of a day. I just felt like I'd achieved something if I got some words down. Um, and I did follow um sally hepworth's sprints and i don't know where she got it from but i remember hearing it on one of her her writerly wednesdays she does a 350 sprint so if i could get 350 words which i always usually got a bit more than once you sit down and you're doing something then i was satisfied i went okay well i've done something for the day i've got something down so it was it was a bit of a slog and it was a lot of um i felt like i had to beg borrow and steal a lot of time because you really pulled you know, between, oh, I should take my kid on a play date. Actually, I don't want to because um, <laughs> I want to I want to edit these chapters. Um, and then now that I've actually had, you know, Lenny Marks is, is up and being published, I felt like it would be a lot easier to request this time, but I still feel really pulled. I still feel like, oh, I should really be at the park with the kids. Actually, could I take the laptop? Do you think the fences are good enough that if I take my eyes off them, they won't disappear? Um, you know, like I just, I still, I just love it. I just want to get as many, you know, um, fingers on keys as much as possible. And, and it's actually made me learn I can do it in really short bursts and I can do it with a lot of distraction. So tell us about um, when you finished mm. the story and you knew, I think it's ready now, what happened next? Just basically tell us the journey to publication. Okay. Um, so finished the story, sent it off to a group of friends. So I didn't have a lot of um, writer friends. So I sent that to some of my book club who are brutal even um, 
even I assume with my book. So I'm a bit scared to have them all read it. Um, <laughs> but I sent that to them for a bit of feedback. My mum, my husband had a look at it. Um, and just I had really specific questions for them. So I, I'm not sure where that came from, but on something, it was a podcast or a course, they said, give your first readers some specific questions. So I, I did. I asked them about plot holes. I asked them, does this work? Does this character read authentic and stuff? So that was really good because it, it op- like it gave them a bit of a way in because I think too when you're dealing with friends, it can be really difficult territory for them to come back and give you feedback unless you've asked specific questions. Um, and then um, because she is so kind and generous with her time, Sally Hepworth read it for me as well, which was just fantastic. Um, I don't think she's got time up her sleeve, but she made time for me, which was so nice. Um, and also the author Lisa Island. Uh, so she read it as well. So they gave me some really good feedback and I did a bit of re and then I was very lucky um, in that as I was about to start submitting it, and I did, I submitted it to a couple of agents because I was looking at uh, hoping to get an agent and I was looking at the US agents because I was keen to um, see about getting it, you know, internationally released straight off the bat. Um, got it, you know, aim, aim high, I say. Um, and uh, they, Sally offered to send it to her editor, um, which she did, which was fantastic, and he was so lovely. Um, unfortunately, they didn't pick it up, but then Lisa Island offered me the same thing. She um, was pretty keen to give it to hers. Um, and gave to her it, agent or to, to her, her editor. editor. So okay. her editor at Penguin. Right. Um, and, and they um, got in touch with me. She was very busy and I understood that, but she got in touch with me. I was probably a couple of weeks later and said, I dipped my toe on the weekend and I just kept going. And, of course. You just keep reading. It's, oh. it's so true. Anyway, sorry. I, no, I that's keep going. Um, and yeah, so she took it to, you know, through their process, which was all a bit new to me because I hadn't had a book go that far. Um, I hadn't been, um, in that process. So she took it to her acquisitions meeting. So it went straight to, um, Penguin. So not through an agent. Um, and they made an offer on it and, um, I am not silly. <laughs> so I took it because <laughs> you know, why wouldn't I? But funnily enough, and this is how, um, I don't know if fickle's the right word. It might be the right word. So the same day I got the call from um, my lovely editor to say we want to, we're going to offer, we'd like to take on Lenny Marks, I got a rejection from an agent that I, just a form rejection. They hadn't read the manuscript. They just said, no, we're not interested. Um, So it's just, it's so fickle because on the same day, like dreams are coming true, you're also going, oh, well, somebody else wouldn't, like somebody else didn't even want to read it. So it's, um. Yeah, it, it's a really, it's a weird industry. Um, and then also there's probably a bit of how did I write my query letter? Maybe, you know, that needed some work. Regardless, Penguin picked it up um, and I could not be, I could be not be more wrapped. Like, Do you I, remember the moment you found out? Do you remember the call or the email or whatever? Yes. Um, and did she call me or did she email me? I feel like I spoke to her, but I think it was actually an email. Um, and then I was out, I think. I'd um, dropped one of the kids off somewhere um and so I came home my mum was here as well as my husband and my mum is an absolute mad reader so um they were both over the moon and then my four-year-old vomited so um (laughs) so you go like way out there and then you're just like back down to earth because children have no sense of occasion um (laughs) so it was I do remember that day very well but I just I'm not a real like I won't 
you know, I'm not a real like woohoo sort of person, but I was beside myself. I actually thought I need to answer them really quickly because what if they take it back? What if they wake up tomorrow and go, oh, well, that was silly of us. Why would we offer on that? There's, you know, there's 500 other books that we've got in our pile that would be much better choice. Um, They haven't taken it back, thankfully. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. Okay, so um, you get the book deal. Now it's uh, out in the world. What um, are you working on next? You said you're writing something else. What, yes. What is it? Um, so it's in a similar vein. So that genre I actually have a little bit of trouble because it's not, I wouldn't just call it straight crime. Um, and then somebody else has suggested uplift fiction. But then I think that, like, it's sort of a, it's too many combos and then domestic suspense I don't think really cuts it either so I don't know where I'm at which is I think um era one when you're trying to query books as well you're meant to know your genre (laughs) whoops um so it's sort of in that same vibe again um where there's hopefully a bit um a real place of a sense of setting um with some quirky sort of characters in it but also very different again um to Lenny um, who I had a hard tra- time putting down because I just love her. And I did think, how am I going to write somebody else that I love as much? Maybe like mm. that's maybe that's it. Maybe I'll just have to write about Lenny Marks forever. Um, so it's it's definitely not a sequel though. Um, so a couple of quirky characters in it and a real sense of place and a crime. So but the crime then, um, like I ke- I've actually got notes that remind myself it's a story about the people. It's not about the crime. And that's, I, I'm not focused on solving the crime. I'm not focused on how the crime was committed so much as the people and how it all came to be. That's, that's, so that's where I'm at. It's sort of a, it's very much a work in progress. Um, and I did have to, I'd started something else when I started this lot of maternity leave. It's a maternity leave thing. And I wasn't having fun with it. So I've actually have to keep on having kids. I, I know. That's what I said to my husband. What if I don't have the um, inspiration and motivation unless we're having babies? Like this could be really like this is going to be hard. Um, <laughs> no, we're done now, four and done. Um, bless them. Uh, but the, the book I started writing and I was having a bit of fun with it and it's got, you know, some good crime elements, but it wasn't, I wasn't having, I wasn't enjoying writing it. So I've pushed it aside. I've started this one I mean, I, and I'm having a ball. So that at the moment is the story that wants to be told. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Now, one of the things we always ask is what are your top three tips for people who want to be in your position one day? It could be about writing. It could be about persistence. It could be about about getting inviting famous authors to your book club. (laughs) That (laughs) was handy. (laughs) Yes, which was obviously such a um, fortuitous event. What are your top three tips? So, and I've even, I've made a little post of it, of it, because I've been listening (laughs) to you all week and I thought if this comes up, I'm going to, I'm going to be ready for it. So my top three are read your butt off, like just read and everything, like just don't think you have to be a snob about genres. You never know uh, what you're like. Um, keep typing, just type, 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 um, or write, 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 whatever format you use. My favourite quote is a Neil Gaiman one, if that's how you say his surname, mm-hmm. which is this is how you do it. You just you sit down at the keyboard, you put one word after another until it's done. It's that easy and that hard, and I love that. It's on my filing cabinet. So just keep going and have fun with it. That's my third one. Like just yeah, I think if you're not enjoying it, it's got to reflect in what you're doing. So I think, um, yeah, it's not all fun. Like the 
edits to some extent take, a, you know, because you've reread it and reread it so many times, um, you're not running around laughing about it anymore. But you've got to have fun with it. You've got to like the story. I still like this. I still like this story. I don't know if that's right. Maybe that means it's no good. <laughs> I think it's really obvious that you have fun with writing. I just, it just exudes out of you. Um, everyone, go and get a copy of Lenny Marks Gets Away with Murder. It's going to be huge. I know that people are going to love it. So congratulations and really can't wait to read the next one. Thank you so much for your time today, Karen. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you so much. If you're enjoying this podcast, you may also like the book that Alison Tate and I have written together called So You Want to Be a Writer, How to Get Started While You Still Have a Day Job. Full of practical tips, motivation and inspiration, it's ideal for anyone who's thinking of dipping their toes into the wonderful world of writing. We've created a blueprint for aspiring writers to follow and it's suitable regardless of whether you want to plunge straight into this new career or if you need to explore it while you're still busy in your day job. Let us hold your hand as you turn your dream into a reality. Buy your copy today at soyouwanttobeariter.com.au forward slash book. All right, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Before I go, I have a fun fact for you. Did you know, okay, the word cardigan, right, as in the item of clothing cardigan, was named after the Earl of Cardigan, who led the charge of the Light Brigade at the Battle of Balaclava, which is also where we get the word for balaclava, because the British troops had to wear knitted hats under their helmets to keep them warm during the Crimean War. That is some random sartorial history. There you go. Fun fact for you. All right, we have come to the end of this week's episode. Now, feel free to connect with me on social media. The best place is on Facebook uh, in the podcast Facebook group. So do join there where we share lots of um, links and resources and have great discussions about the world of writing. Also, feel free to connect with me on social media at at Valerie Koo on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writercentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writercentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources giveaways, competitions, and much more.